So as it is, the current policy making process most governments and societies follow is quite flawed. So there's a six stage policy cycle, which is more or less the norm in modern societies. And it consists of agenda setting, policy formulation, adoption, implementation, evaluation and policy maintenance. However, if the government was to have total control over all these six stages, it would result in suboptimal policy to be pushed through. So as it is, the current policy making process most governments and societies follow is quite flawed. So guys, can you just individually introduce yourselves? Anand, shall we begin with you? Sure. Um, hi everyone, my name is Anand Singhal. Uh, I'm a junior at the American School of Bombay. I'm really passionate about international relations, having been doing Model UN for more than six years now, as well as economics and the environment. I previously interned with a few different organizations, most recently the Quality Council of India and Niti Aayog, the, uh, the Indian government's think tank. Outside school and work, I love playing sports. I run track and play football for my school. Um, I also love music and I play the drums and I'm learning guitar and vocals right now. Great, great. Aisha, what about you? Okay, hi, my name is Aisha Tarani. I'm a junior at Jamnabai Nursi International School, Mumbai. I love learning about anything related to law, policy and diplomacy. I've interned with law firms like Latham and Watkins and Clifford Chance and written several political research papers with organizations like Young Leaders for Active Citizenship. I enjoy public speaking and Model UN. Additionally, I play the guitar and the piano and I also started a non-profit that teaches underprivileged children how to play the guitar. Beautiful. Um, Sarang, what about you? Hey, so my name is Sarang Pugoria. I'm a year 11 student at the Bombay International School. And I'm extremely interested in the workings of law and politics, especially the political affairs of India. Uh, recently, I worked with the Gateway House, which is a foreign policy think tank focusing on the diplomatic relations of India, which was a fascinating experience as this was during the Indochina border crisis. And apart from that, I love music. I love to cook. And I've been part of my football team for the past four years and yeah, Great, great. Manya, what about you? Hey, so my name is Manya Singh and I'm a junior at the Sriram School, Morsari. I'm a part of the editorial board at my school and I recently founded a photojournalism blog. And I've also pursued Bharatnatyam for the last seven years. Um, I'm really passionate about economics and recently worked with the World Bank to explore the factors that lead to gender discrimination in the workplace. Additionally, I'm working with the NAS Foundation to help young girls deal with barriers that keep them from achieving their goals, such as lack of mobility. And ultimately, I hope to empower women to achieve their full economic potential. Beautiful. So the main reason you guys are here is because of Youth Policy Collective. So before we talk about Youth Policy Collective, let's talk a bit about what exactly it is. And before that, let's talk a bit about think tank. So what would be a think tank in its most explicit form? Yeah, so a think tank is an independent organization which provides input to policymakers through research and advocacy. Most of the time they are non-governmental, but the government does establish its own semi-autonomous think tanks as well. Great, great. So what would be the core purpose of a think tank? Think tanks exist to improve and influence the quality of policy created, most often of a national or international level. This may seem very broad, but in reality, there's a lot of think tanks, over 7,500 in the world, and all of them operate slightly differently and have different strategic objectives. So within the scope of this broad core purpose, think tanks can set their objectives accordingly. So why exactly do we need a think tank? 
So as it is, the current policy making process most governments and societies follow is quite flawed. So there's a six stage policy cycle, which is more or less the norm in modern societies. And it consists of agenda setting, policy formulation, adoption, implementation, evaluation and policy maintenance. However, if the government was to have total control over all these six stages, it would result in suboptimal policy to be pushed through. This is because in most cases, governments don't have um, the subject area expertise to understand and adjust all the technical facets of a particular issue, or maybe they lack a specific group's perspective on the issue. So that's where think tanks come in. We need think tanks to provide knowledge based on research and subject area expertise to policymakers in order to ensure that the policy being made addresses the issue completely. Additionally, and this rings true especially in our case, think tanks can be crucial in providing representation in the process to groups who are unable to include their voice in, um, and perspectives in it otherwise. So uh, what separates a youth think tank from a think tank led by adults? Sure, so in terms of our core purpose, nothing really separates us from a think tank led by adults. Fundamentally, we also exist to improve and influence the quality of policy created. However, strategically and operationally, there are of course some separations from an adult-led think tank. Strategically, the most obvious distinction is the, fa is the focus on the youth and Gen Z. Unlike any adult-led think tank, we are focusing on providing a voice to the youth and ensuring that our generation is included and represented in the policymaking process. Operationally, the difference lies in the structure of our committees and the members who make up those committees. It's important to understand that every member of the organization is still learning. None of them are subject area experts, none of them are experts in research or advocacy. However, they are all passionate about the issues they have chosen to explore and they're all determined to improve. Fortunately, we have a fantastic set of mentors and advisors who can help guide our members and help us build the skills we need to conduct quality research and create a real positive impact. Therefore, the organization has an educational tilt, which adult-led think tanks most of the time don't have. At the same time, however, we have unparalleled access to the most powerful group in the world, students. Adult-led think tanks simply do not have as much exposure, experience, and visibility with students. So this is a great strategic advantage for us. Great, great. So why did you guys feel the need to start India's first youth-led tank, think tank, which is the Youth Policy Collective? India is a nation where the youth of our country is the pillar of our development and progress. However, this very age bracket is excluded from the conversation which decides the country's socio-economic blueprint. We believe that as future stakeholders in the country's development, we must be included in this conversation to voice our point of view and perspective. Another significant factor is that our generation is the most ethnically diverse and we are globally connected at several levels which allows us to engage with other communities who share the same sentiment of not being represented. As youth, we are the future and we are currently at the precipice of some of the most significant cultural, social, economic and environmental changes in recent history. As in the end, we are the ones who will bear the consequences. Of course, we aren't saying that we should be the final decision makers, but including us in the conversation will allow us to become active, responsible citizens in the future and also ensure that long-term consequences of policy being made right now looks after our best interest as a future of the world. Great, great. So uh, now let's talk a bit about Youth Policy Collective. So can you guys just introduce uh, Youth Policy Collective as a think tank to the viewers? Sure. So as a glo global youth-led think tank, we are a platform for the youth to be involved in the policy-making process. So through a process of research, ideation and action, we bridge the gap between policymakers and the youth, giving a voice to our increasingly socially active generation. 
Through our discourse, ideation, research, and publication, we aim to foster youth involvement in the policymaking process. Additionally, we aim to partner with institutions involved in policymaking and execution in order to foster engagement with the global youth community. Beautiful. So, what is the reason behind choosing the name uh, Youth Policy Collective? So actually for the first couple of months, when we were first flashing out the idea and working out the details, figuring out the name was actually a topic of hot contention. We must have spent two or three weeks figuring out the name, as well as things like our color scheme and logo. In the end, we ended up choosing Youth Policy Collective because it emphasizes the collaborative nature of our organization and sends the message across that we, the youth, are uniting to change the policy landscape. Beautiful. So what would be the biggest issue that uh, youth Policy Collective is solving as of now? Sure, so we believe that giving young people a place in decision-making builds stronger and a stronger base of citizen involvement and creates more inclusive communities. Youth participation is necessary for the development of active citizenship because it balances young people's social rights with their responsibilities. It is crucial to provide our increasingly socially involved generation with the platform and resources required to voice our opinion and make a change. As a generation, we've decided that we won't be ignored. And all we need is a platform to make sure we are heard. YPC is that platform. Honestly, we'll all have different opinions on which specific policy issue is the, is the biggest and most important. This just goes to show that it depends on everyone's individual priorities and beliefs and their situation. If an issue impacts you on a more personal level, of course you will consider it to be more important than other issues. I'd say we're quite fortunate to not be able to decide which issue is the most important because this just means that we have a team which is passionate about several different issues. Organizationally, however, one of our biggest barriers is building a culture of acceptance when it comes to youth participation. Currently, the youth are dismissed. Our opinions are stamped as invalid or uninformed. We're told we're too young, we're not experienced enough, that we don't deserve to be included in the process. In the process. Even if it is backhanded or hidden, this sentiment is all too common. Great. So what exactly separates uh, Youth Policy Collective from other think tanks? So the key differentiator is our focus on this particular segment of the youth, which is people younger than 20 years old. In terms of how we operate, we are actually quite similar to most other think tanks, notably think tanks based in colleges and universities. Uh, additionally, unlike other, most other think tanks, which are less inclusive in their approach, we have a strong emphasis on inclusion across all the steps of our process. Great. So can you guys just explain Youth Policy Collective's process and committees? So we've established five committees, each focusing on a different policy area. These are environment and sustainability, gender and inclusion, health and well-being, international relations and economics and trade. Each of these committees follows the same organizational structure. Additionally, we have a great degree of collaboration across our committees and they will work frequently um, together on multifaceted issues. We've also developed a five-step process, um, which will be a committee standard operating procedure. Uh, the first step uh, is dialogue and data gathering, and it helps us develop a holistic understanding of the issue being explored. Uh, the second step is interaction with experts, where we define the positions we will take on the issue and get the guidance we need to understand the complexities of the issue. Um, the third step is the actual development of our final product. Uh, there's a really, a really wide variety of potential final products we can develop, ranging from research papers and articles to campaigns and multimedia presentations. So this is quite open-ended. Um, the overarching objective really is to compile the analysis of our research into a suitable product for our uh, target audience. Uh, after that, the fourth step is publishing our product. So we have several different channels that we can use to publish our product and provide our input to the, to the relevant institutions. 
basically our impact, uh, our objective in this step is to create as much positive impact as possible using the product that we developed. Um, finally, when possible, we'll also be trying to do some field work. Um, so it might not be possible with every project, but field work includes any hands-on involvement in the policy area we focused on. For example, we could partner with NGOs who work in the area uh, we focused on to implement the strategies we developed during our research. Beautiful. So, Saran, can you tell me what exactly is the hardest part of leading a youth-led think tank, and especially a youth policy collective? I think as the youth of the country, we haven't been included in this conversation and what we're doing is a revolutionary step. So at an initial level, we are still developing our progress and our entire a structure as a council and a collective. So right now it is pretty hard since we haven't even established our credibility. So the process is a bit hard right now. So why should anybody trust a think tank in its first place? So while we can't really speak for other think tanks, we can speak for our own. Um, when creating this organization, we held a few values and principles in mind. Uh, these are inclusion, authenticity, community mindedness, and integrity. We aim to impact the world around us positively through authentic, unbiased research and advocacy, making sure that we include everyone in our process. We're really just working for something much bigger than ourselves. And you should trust us because in the end, we're working for you. Uh, talking a bit about think tanks in general, in what ways uh, have think tanks helped help this world? Again, think tanks are a core part of policy making and policy making is one of the most important parts of our world. Policy affects everyone, it governs what we do, how we do it and establishes the structure within which we exist and grow. It is absolutely essential to ensure that the policy we make is beneficial for society as possible and the best way to do that is to make sure that the decision makers and policy makers are guided by think tanks who can provide research-based solutions and advocate for those who are otherwise not a part of the policy making process. Great. So let's talk a bit more about Youth Policy Collective. So how can the viewers, they become a member of Youth Policy Collective? Yeah, of course. So we're actually expanding our team right now and we're looking for students across the globe who want to make a difference. If you're between the ages of 14 and 19, please visit our website youthpolicycollective.com or reach out to us on Instagram at youthpolicycollective to apply. Beautiful. So can you guys individually give a final message to the audience and encourage them to be a part of Youth Policy Collective and just in general change the world? Um, so thank you so much for listening in. I know I, I speak for all of us when I say that we hope that you've been inspired to join us in our journey and make the change that you want to see in the world. Um, thank you so much for having us, Abhimanyu. It was, real, it was a real pleasure speaking with you.